When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to this very special Year of Fear Chasers episode of Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss movies to watch after horror movies to help chase away the fear and let your gentle soul sleep soundly. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And in this episode, we watched Paddington 2. Paddington 2 is a 2017 live-action animated comedy film directed by Paul King and written by King and Simon Farnaby, based on the stories of Paddington Bear created by Michael Bond. In this sequel, we find Paddington now happily settled with the Brown family in Windsor Gardens, where he's become a popular member of the community, spreading joy and marmalade wherever he goes. While searching for the perfect present for his beloved Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday, Paddington spots a unique pop-up book in Mr. Gruber's antique shop and performs a series of odd jobs to buy it. But the book is stolen and it's up to Paddington and the Browns to unmask the thief. Boys. Mr. Mr. Gruber. Sorry, he makes me like, Mr. Gruber. <laughs> Popping book. Having the time of his life. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I tell you what, if there was a, a force powerful enough to not just chase mm-hmm. a scary movie, but to chase a year of scary uh-huh. movies, 51 scary movies, yeah. then this is it. Paddington is the man for the job. Yeah. The bear for the job. The man and the bear for the job. He's the man. He's the man for the job. <laughs> it feels like a hard reset for us after this year. It's like, lit- I, so I went in, I rewatched this literally just an hour ago and I went in going, am I going to love it as much as I've watched it? I don't even know how many times now. Am I going to love it as much? I was like, oh, probably not. It's Paddington. You know, I've seen it too many times. Rah, rah. And it was a joy from start to finish. I loved every single minute of it. I was like, it's one of the few movies where I don't find myself really ever reaching for my phone or anything like that. I just was like completely caught up in it and spellbound all over again. It is oh, such a beautiful movie. Five stars? Oh, five stars for sure. Yeah. Even like, I again, because now I'm, because I knew you would be chatting about it, I was like looking for things to sort of, to talk about. And, and I just found even more ways to appreciate it, especially like around the craft of it. I've always just loved the feeling it gives me. Like, and we'll talk about it that in relation to a Christmas movie in just a second. But I've always just loved the like the genuine joy it leaves you with. Just this like this wholesome 
full-heartedness that I think a lot of movies might strive for but never really reach. And this one seems to do it effortlessly. Yeah. But this one I was watching with a bit more eye for craft and definitely I've got some I've got some things I want to talk about. Two things I genuinely love are mm. Paddington Bear and the movie The Grand Budapest Hotel. And this yes, just feels yeah. like it perfectly meshes those yep. two together oh, as well. What a double yep. feature, dude. And, yeah. And it, it might just be the fact that there is like the prison sequence that feels very mm. similar to that. Also, yep. I think the, the movie's shot in a similar way, particularly in the prison stuff. It's very like um, asymmetric front on sort yeah, of yeah, Wes Anderson sure. style yeah. and the, probably the colour palette too just sort of like it's like you said Damo the craft is really on point like mm. this is I think easily the best family movie that has ever been made 100% yeah I can't even deny you because yeah like we all have movies from our childhoods that we love like uh, Jumanji is one that I always loved. Yeah. Um, the Mummy were a bit Loch older. Loch Ness. Yeah. Yeah. Loch Ness, of course. But there's a big nostalgia factor with some of them, and they've definitely got their flaws. Well, I don't, I don't know. If Loch Ness has a flaw. I wouldn't. I, I think. No, it's- that's five stars. I don't think Jumanji <laughs> has a flaw. Um, that'd be five stars. <laughs> All right. Um, one that I, another one that I think of, Hook, starring Robin Williams. Oh, I love Hook. I don't yeah. think that has a flaw. I think that's yeah, five that's stars. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe the classic family movies are just flawless. Maybe they're perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe these aren't rose-coloured glasses. These are my regular normal glasses. <laughs> Damo, it's interesting you talk about nostalgia because mm. I was thinking while rewatching Paddington two for the I don't know how many times. Yeah, I don't have a nostalgic attachment at all to Paddington, like to Paddington Bear itself. Uh, I never, okay. I never read it. I never saw any cartoons. I guess yeah. they would have had back when we were kids, perhaps. Nothing like, and in mm. fact, when it came out, when did the first one come out? I want to. Say like 2014, maybe or something yeah. like that. I only watched it like you know when the world went into lockdown with COVID because I was right, like, oh, what right. movies can I watch? And people kept talking up Paddington Two yeah. as the greatest movie of all time, and I was like, that can't possibly be true. <laughs> I have to watch the first one before I get to the second one. Yeah, and they're both unbelievably good, like yes. just incredible. That and like that's the thing is is the, like we've obviously already talked about the original Paddington, and that episode like is mostly us just gushing. Like there's yeah. no real good <laughs> coherent talk. It's us just being, <laughs> but it's so good. And then somehow the sequel is like better. I, I I would say better. It's definitely the one I would watch more regularly, and I think get more enjoyment from. Um, but just on that, on, on like the people sort of talking it up and everything like that. When I was just sort of getting the synopsis and all the stuff off Google, you know how Google does that? People also ask, and it's got like other things you might want to ask yes, in reference to yes, your search. Yes. So, so, so the number one one for people also ask is, is Paddington 2 the best movie? <laughs> well, yes. There was, yes the there was a period though where, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a period where Citizen Kane got knocked off as the like 100% Rotten Tomatoes yeah. rated film and Paddington 2 took yep. its place and then they dug up the worst review for it to be like, well, technically someone hated yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boys, I'm, I'm not... I'm not mincing my words here. I'm going to find that man. I'm going to find where he lives, mm. and I'm going to shoot him mm-hmm. with a gun. Oh, he's dead yeah. already. You know what you should <laughs> shove in that bullet wound? A marmalade sandwich. Just force it. No, no, there. he doesn't deserve really? that. That's, that's what the <laughs> that's police... That's for me to eat afterwards. You know, like... Um... <laughs> You know, like in Daredevil, you know, in Daredevil, how the kingpin had had someone killed, they'd leave like a rose yep. or something at yep. the crime scene. There's just a crime scene with marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. I just buy a red hat, put it on the corpse, and walk away. <laughs> oh, but we know Paddington wouldn't want us to do that. He would he would serve up a hard stare and be be done. Oh yeah, oh, bless. Yeah, fuck. But we're not Paddington. No. We're not pretending to be Paddington. We just love the dude. So yeah, one of the other people also asks was, is Citizen Kane better than Paddington Two? No. And then the one I like the most is. Is Paddington 2 a real movie? I feel like people are like, people are just talking this up so much. This can't be a real thing. And you're like, watching it, you almost feel that way. You're like, that was so good and enjoyable. Is, and I feel so happy with the world. It doesn't feel like it should be real. Is Paddington
changed it to a real movie. That's good shit. <laughs> yep. Tom, in recent weeks, I was talking to you and our good buddy Joel Dusha from the How Goods Footy podcast, new episodes every mm. Wednesday. And we, I was saying that I looked up Paddington 2 on Letterboxd, and it actually, like, in terms of the people that have logged watching it on that app, yeah. it is, like, way, way, way yeah. below a, basically every movie that I searched, current movies, wow. old movies, movies even like, I'm pretty sure I looked up things like The King's Speech had way more views than Paddington 2. Wow. Such a bizarre thing because for me, and I guess it's just like the people I follow on Twitter, the bubble I'm in on Letterboxd, things yeah, like that. Yeah. For them, Paddington 2 is like one of the all-time great movies. So I just yeah, figured yeah. so many people had seen it. And yet it seems like purely on Letterboxd numbers, mm. it's like well down compared to nearly everything else. It's weird. Yeah, and I, I even thought just because it's entered like pop culture, obviously there was that Nicolas Cage movie this year. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's Thanks, it. dude. Yeah, with Pedro Pascal. And there's that. That's right. Detectives here, boys. It's okay. But there's that scene where um, he he shows Cage uh, Cage's character Paddington too, and he's like, "It can't be that good." And then they're both weeping. And then that movie spoilers, I guess, but that movie finishes with him reconciling with his family by watching Paddington too. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. The most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's great. <laughs> so it feels like people have like. It's now a recognisable thing that adults love Paddington 2 and that anyone who's like, just wants a good time is going to watch Paddington 2. So that blows my mind. Even like recently, like, you know, he did the video with the Queen and then after the Queen had died, there was all the, you know, people leaving Paddy, like uh, marmalade yeah, sandwiches yeah. and things like that. It feels like, I mean, I guess that's just a typically English thing, I suppose. Yes. But it's just, yeah. to me, it always, it just feels like it is one of the biggest movies that's come out in the last 10 right. years. Well, I guess he's, he's a character who's been around for like, a bazillion years. Like, I remember having mm. a Paddington doll as a kid and, like, books. Interesting. Picture okay, books yeah. as a kid. And, and I guess that's the weird thing is it's like there's an entirely new generation of Paddington people because of these movies. <laughs> but I think it's that thing of that it's like it's a great movie for kids because you can, you can love all the hijinks and, mm. you know, and this, and this is the measure of a good family movie. And I think there's been... I was, in, I was reading an interesting article uh, where someone was talking about how Pixar movies lately have stopped being family movies and started trying to cash in on people our age. Yeah, for sure. Disguising yeah. them as family movies where they're like, you're going to cry in this movie. We're going to make you mm. cry. Um, mm. Whereas Paddington is like, no, no, this is a family movie. Here is a thing for the kids to laugh at. Yeah. He's slapstick through the ceiling. There's funny, mm. dumb little things there. And then for... The adults, the people like us, uh, Mm -hmm. what we've got is um, Paul King giving, I don't know, Paddington uh, reconciling with his own uh, mortality um, (laughs) and accepting his death in the final. That is, I'm sorry, that is fucking insane. But that is, again, on its own, if I just took that out of context, be like, hey, there's a scene in this movie in which Paddington faces his own death Mm -hmm. and calmly and, and quietly accepts it. Like the angel he is. Just. What a scene to say. It's the best scene in the entire film. It rattles me every yeah. time I watch it. It's so there's something I don't know what it is with me, but there's something a lot mm. of movies do this. An underwater scene where one character's trapped and the other one's sort yeah. of looking at them and you know, some nice music underneath it. And it's this emotional response that I have when I watch it. And I don't know like I've seen it mm. in countless like it's been in the Bourne films, it's been in James right. Bond, it's been in yeah. Paddington <laughs> too. And I think key to it too is the character that you pair him yes. with in that moment. Yeah. And so for it to be Sally Hawkins she is, I know that you love her, Tom, and you would fight everybody for charity. You'd fight the devil <laughs> in hell for Sally Hawkins. Watching this movie, like I've always talked about how I'm like, oh, I just love Sally Hawkins so yeah, much. She's so charming. Yeah. Rewatching this movie, yes. I was just sitting there and I was just like, like it was like an awakening. There was a part of my brain that's like, hey man, guess what? 
You have the biggest crush of all time yes, on Sally yeah, Hawkins. Yeah. It's just I can't help it. It just I see a movie with her and I'm like, I'm watching this movie. This is why this is why Godzilla, King of Monsters, I think, upset me so much and I've never forgiven it. <laughs> because they did her dirty. Yeah. Anyway, she gets the perfect this Sean, you like per, she's the perfect scene partner for this scene because mm. It, it like in those scenes, it, it's like you know the other person's normally like, no, you can't. The fact that they both just quietly and calmly have this moment together of like, I can't get you out, I can't get out, I love you, I love you too. Like just yeah, those two characters have the best connection, mm-hmm. I think, of all the family mm-hmm. members. Yep. Mm-hmm. and like she she just breaks my heart, but in a beautiful yeah. way. Even like you know at the start when um, Hugh's standing up on the thing and he's like Paddington's explaining that he wants to buy the pop up book for his yep. aunt. And then you just cut to her and she's just like, oh, Petal. And it's just like, oh, she's the best yeah, mom, yeah. the best human in the fucking world. Yeah. And that scene too where she goes underwater, they like, you know, they bring it up early in the mm. film. They have that she's diving and all that. So, of course, that's going to happen. And I've got to say, as a football, Australian football fan, yeah. it kills me. Every time when the son's in the train and he turns and says, my name is Jonathan Brown and I love trains. (laughs) Just to explain to people, there is a famous footballer from my team in Australia whose name is Jonathan Brown. He's like the hardest man alive. (laughs) Just to see this little kid be like, fuck it, I love trains and my name's Jonathan Brown. It's 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 so so good. good. The movie's movie's so powerful. I've only seen it twice. I watched it for the second time the other day. Oh, shit. Okay. And yeah, I thought I'd watched it more times. But I think that's mm. just the we talk about it. I think almost every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but rewatching it, there are there are like three bits in that movie where I just like I'm just a crying man on the couch, mm, mm. and I think it's one of those movies that I could watch it. And it's like there's like big. So obviously the scene under the water is like a beautiful, powerful scene. But it's not even that scene. The bit that gets me without fail both times, and I'm just a mess. Yeah, is the last bit of the film where everyone's at the house and they're. And again, it's, yep. it's Mrs. Brown yep. being like, we've got a surprise for you. It's Aunt Lucy's here. Yep. And it's just, he's running. I'm going to get emotional talking about I, it. I, I, it's, not even, it's not even that though, Tom. It's her just being like, why don't you go answer that door? And you're just yes, like, oh, sure. yeah. Mrs. Brown. And like the, I was thinking about that for this watch where like I get a hitch in my throat as well every time at that moment. But it's like, we didn't even, technically like this movie could have ended without that scene. We could have not had it. We could have had, like, we already had our <laughs> the underwater. They beat the bad guy. Like, oh, this is this movie just fucking goes. Like, it goes so hard. Always keeps finding new ground. So, like, we, yeah, I, I think we could have easily had a, a, a version of this movie where we just didn't have that scene because we'd already won the day and things were good and maybe he sent her the book and she was happy or whatever. Like, some lesser version of it. But this one, like, it knows exactly what it is and what it's trying to do. And even the way they played out that scene, it's not played for, like, it's not like every other fucking family movie where it's like, and now everyone breaks into song at the end and a dance sequence takes place. It's But hang on, actually, actually, Damo, you're wrong. They saved that a, for there, Hugh Grant. There is a dance <laughs> yeah, sequence. No, they the saved it for Hugh Grant. <laughs> but do you, you know what I mean? You know, there's that thing where like, I think it's because that so they can have a song they can release on the radio, but like every sort of illumination one or whatever, it's like, but at least with like Hugh Grant, it ha- it's happening for a reason where a lot of these movies just inexplicably, everyone starts singing and dancing the same song as though it's a musical, even though it's it, a musical. It's so they can be nominated for an Oscar and Golden Globes and all I that I despise shit. it. Either way. The Hugh, we'll talk about the Hugh Grant stuff in a, in a minute because we have to, but, but just for that Paddington moment. But instead, they slow it down and give you this beautiful heartfelt moment that, again, yeah, makes three grown men cry. And then they then they save that other juicy bit for the yeah. end. It's just even the, the way he runs to her. Yeah. Again, we're ta- I'm talking about an animated bear. 
<laughs> he's not real. Yeah. He's, oh. Neither There's, is the bear he's running to. Like, I even get like, it's so like, I get like a little bit misty at the start of the film when he's just having a really good day and you see all the little connections he has oh, with yeah, people. Too. I'm like, he's a beautiful bear. Yeah, he's gorgeous. Oh. Yeah. I have to tell you, a beautiful, beautiful thing happened while I was okay. watching this. And it actually, it happened during the Paddington in peril moment underwater. Mm. I'm sitting on the couch watching this. My dog's at the end of the couch. And I, I guess because the music and all the chaos of the film stops right. all of a sudden, he looked up from whatever toy he's playing with and just looked at the screen. And then, like, this will sound fake, but this happened. Then he comes over to me and just like, like, have you seen fucking um, Peacemaker with the yeah, eagle? Yeah, yeah. Eagly. It was... <laughs> I had a I had an eagly moment where he just came up and I was hugging my dog oh during this fucking scene. And I'm like, how does he know that this is the greatest scene in family movie yeah. history? I don't know. I don't know why the, the dog suddenly sensed that like this was a an emotion. Can dogs maybe the dog sense that in a person though? Is that like a thing? Possibly. Did he sense that moment in me that I was just like fucking yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, came in for the hug and um That's I respect him for that. Yeah. Oh, what a movie. Powerful stuff. That's the power of padding. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Paddington. So yeah, let's quickly address the the Christmasness of this. So sure. Shauna, you actually suggested this is our Christmas movie. Do you want to explain why? Well, yeah, I actually came back to something you were talking about with us last year, Damo, where you were kind mm. of like, for you, a Christmas movie can kind of be any movie. It can just be th- yeah. the movie that basically translates that beautiful feeling of Christmas uh-huh. to you. Yeah. And it seems like kind of the perfect movie for the three of us mm. because we've, um, look, hey, We've bravely been through a harrowing year. Yeah. Yep. A year some people are calling the year of fear. Um, <laughs> those, those people are us. <laughs> yeah. And we've been doing and, it since January. <laughs> I could be wrong, but did we say at the start of the year that we would watch Paddington 2 to kind of like to heal our wounds from the year of fear? Yeah, I just didn't remember yeah. at some point whether it was watching uh, on one of the Scaredy Boys retreats at some point, maybe between yeah. it's there was like a moment where we were like, we might need to watch Paddington at the end of this year. Yeah, we need our boy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were right. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, yeah, like removing... Scaredy boys from the equation at mm. all. Anytime I watch Paddington 2, it does feel like a Christmas movie. Even the very end, like I, I know it's Aunt Lucy's birthday. Yeah, it feels like it's a. It feels like that classic like Home Alone thing yeah. where like the family come home on Christmas morning and everything's beautiful and happy. Yeah, like it has that vibe to it. I agree, dude. Like the yeah, Home Alone's a good example. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol is one we all love. Klaus, the more recent, is another one. Yeah, and I agree because I think there's a. I often I love watching Christmas movies at Christmas time. It, it is a joy um, that I'm sure everyone's experiencing right now. But it's like. A lot of the times you're trying to chase that feeling. Yeah. You're actually trying to chase that Christmas. And a lot of Christmas movies do not achieve what they they don't achieve that feeling. Or they you, or they do you might have they, to fake it. They do once. They do the first time around, but you, the second time around it's like, ah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I I, I'm more thinking of like especially like now as an adult who's like Christmas itself doesn't feel the way it used to. There's still joy to be had, but it'll never be that feeling you have as a kid. And I think this the beauty of movies in general is that the way they can elicit emotion from us. And so watching Christmas movies, I'm always on the hunt for it. And I'll rewatch the same Christmas movies, but maybe to not as quite strong returns. 
And so obviously every year all the major... uh, Netflix love making Christmas shit. Yeah, they love throwing some Christmas shit out. And I go, maybe, maybe this will have that feeling. And so often I'm like, no, I I feel worse because I didn't get the thing that I wanted. But I agree with you, Sean. We're watching this and and it's it's definitely the wholesomeness of it. It's definitely the familiness of it. The colour scheme perhaps as well. And like, but it's definitely not snow. Like, obviously, for us in Australia, Christmas is never snowy anyway. But it doesn't have like it's not even the right season in in the UK in this movie. But there is something it's, about it's jolly, it. jolly, I think it's jolly yeah, is what it is. yeah. And I think I think with these movies, movies like this, it's about authenticity. So it's about like you guys said, the streamers and the studios they'll put out a Christmas movie, and sometimes it's it's a soulless endeavor because that's what it is for them. They're kind of mm. like, oh, if we hit this time frame. We've got it. And it's that thing you were saying just a couple of minutes ago, Damo, about mm. nostalgia, I think, reminding you of Christmas was the best when you were a kid. Yeah. So I think maybe that's why movies we talked about before, things like Hook mm. yeah, with Robin Williams and Jumanji or whatever, yeah. those sort of movies would probably give you the actual hit that you want on Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Because it probably yeah. takes you back to childhood when movies were made differently. Yeah. And even if maybe they don't hold up to today's filmmaking techniques or whatever. I don't know. Sure. This nostalgia, I think, is so tied in with Christmas as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And again, amazing that... I, so obviously, Tom, you were familiar with Paddington. I was the same as you, Sean. No no real awareness of it, of it, the character yeah. as a kid. So again, I think for it to pull that off, despite not having, for us at least, any nostalgia factor... Yeah. It's, it's just so insane that, like, at no point in, like, in, I don't know, my 20s, I guess, if someone had said, you will find a level of a, a fandom of emotion, like, for a children's character that you're already, like, somewhat vaguely aware of, but don't really give a shit about. You're going to find that at, like, 30. I would have been like, that just does make, that makes no <laughs> sense to me. I don't know what you're talking about. But here we are. Maybe this comes back to that Google question that you saw where it's like, is Paddington too real? And it's like, well, well maybe that's a- exactly what it is and why maybe perhaps more people haven't watched it because mm. it just people who love it i think talk about it with such reverence that it's like <laughs> what the fuck is this yeah yeah it can't be real no but it, but it kept it's just like it's still just a movie but it's a movie that captures something very singular and does it so perfectly um, so that kind of brings us to the to the, some of the craft stuff that i was hoping to talk about because as much as it seems effortless the people know exactly what they're doing so We've got to talk about the direction, and obviously this one was directed by uh, Paul King. So I looked him up because I was like, I don't actually know what what else he's done. And mostly the main thing he's like he's, he's done in his career was the Mighty Boosh. Yeah. Which, that's sort of what kicked him off, which I was not familiar with. And I'm like, but seeing that, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense for the for like the more fun, spectacular picture book stuff. It feels like a yeah, cartoonish book. sides a of pop- it. A popping book, if yeah, you will. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, it kind of was like, obviously for the Boosh, you know, the budget is so small, but they try to create whole worlds and landscapes in the craziest situations with, you know, the tiniest budget. And you're like, cool, give that same director a bigger budget and he can do it for real. But yeah, I kind of it kind of blew my mind because, yeah, that was not something I was aware of at all. But yeah, like the things like the pop-up book scene, how they're going in the picture book and they're, they're real, but everything else is picture mm-hmm. book. I'm like, that's such a beautiful moment. Um, and again, such a visually interesting moment. The other one would be the when the prison opens up like a uh, dollhouse, which is very Wes Anderson, but it was just a, a just a beautiful visual thing as well. But yeah, the, like the visual side of this is so, it creates a world that's so colourful. It's like, it's so crazy that England becomes this 
like vibrant, sunny, colorful place. When usually when you yeah. think of the U- England, you're like, no, right? Is he like- <laughs> well, that's the injection of Paddington. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, yeah. and and I I love that the the prison bit you just mentioned mm. because that's kind of like it's just it's just a great shortcut to show you every part of it that they want to explore. Yeah. But they do it in such a creative way that lasts for you know not very long at all. No, it's such a, no. It's just a it's a fantastic way to do it. Paul King's next film, so he's not going to do Paddington 3. Yeah. He's doing the um, Timothy Chalamet Wonka movie. Oh, okay, really? Right. The Willy Wonka Origins or you know, whatever it is. Okay. Which if you told me that movie existed, I'd be like, I don't care about that. <laughs> but then you say Paul King's doing it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I care very much. I think it's going to be well, great. I will, I will say yeah. this. So Paul King has a fantastic visual storytelling mode. Mm. And I've never seen Timothy Chalamet put in a bad performance. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree with both those factors. It sounds like a psycho soulless movie. But again, I didn't think Paddington 2 would be one of the greatest films ever made. No. But here we are. Yeah. Here we are. I think also because it makes me think of the the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, Willy Wonka movie that did feel pretty soulless to me. I didn't have much feeling toward. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Well, on the colour, like the way Paddington literally brings colour into the prison, there was one scene that where, again, I'm looking at craft and there was one scene that I just thought, that's fucking brilliant, which is the red sock in the laundry, Paddington's first day in the laundry. <laughs> and so you guys will remember, but I'll quickly just say that like, he pushes the button, the laundry falls on him and we have this great visual gag of he spits out a red sock and then he's like, ew, gross, throws it up in the air, lands on his hat. And then he's just doing the laundry. He's doing his job, but the sock's still on there. You're like, okay, yep, that's. I guess that's played for comedy the whole time. Up until he throws his clothes in the wash and he's like, oh, wait, can't forget my hat. And, of course, the red sock goes in. And so you like got this funny little offhanded, tiny little joke of him spitting out a red sock that feels like that's there for the kids to go, ew, gross, a sock in the mouth. How funny is that? And then it's like actually the, <laughs> the rolling stone that leads to him turning the whole place pink, having everyone against him, but then we've already injected that Paddington colour. And I just yep. thought watching it, it's like done in like two minutes or something like that. And I think every other time I watched it, I was just like, oh, that's so clever. But you're like, no, that in itself, that sequence is fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, we got to stop and appreciate that. It's a perfectly constructed joke too, because then you have that, I think he looks at it and goes, oh, it's just one load. How bad could it be? Exactly. Smash cut to all of them in like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. prison outfits. <laughs> but you think about great. how much that one red sock is doing in terms of story. Yeah. Into like setting up so much and showing and like visually showing us so much. So yeah. you're doing so much sort of exposition as well. Like unreal. Again, watching it, I was just like, that's why this movie is so fucking good. And like you said, like it could just be a simple, oh, that joke's in there for the kids. But then that leads to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Because of yes. course you go to the, you know, they're in the cafeteria area yeah. and they, they say to him, we're going to bash you mm. or you can go and talk to Knuckles. And yeah. then he talks to Knuckles. And then right. that, it just carries the whole thing forward that's with great it. momentum. And it's he, awesome. Yeah. And he's already had, like, he's already having his Paddington influence. And initially it seems bad. But it's, of course it's not. It's fucking Paddington. It's going to work out great. Yeah. And then similarly, there's like Tom, you said about how the, that opening scene where the whole street's just happier because he's in it and you see him interacting with all the people in the street. And then later in, when he's in prison, they have that same scene basically take place. One, it's so fucking dreary and grey. Yeah. Yep. Even, they even give explanation outside of just Paddington's not here, where for the girl on her bike, she's like, sorry, I'm, I'm just having had my breakfast. Yeah, Paddington usually gives her a breakfast, you know? Yeah. She's angry, and then the guy locks, you know, doesn't take his keys, locks himself out of his house. Yeah. It's the other guy, the guy who's driving the garbage truck. He's getting truck in trouble having, from old mate. He's getting in trouble because car. normally, yeah, normally he's on the move and Paddington's helping him study for his exam. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. It's just brilliant visual storytelling that's like, and again, trusting the audience, it's never heavy-handed. It's it's there, but it's there in just the right amount. 
for children or adults. This is what I find so spectacular where I think, yeah, for us as, as storytellers, I can watch that and go, I wish I could do that that cleanly and easily. But they're also speaking to a younger audience and there's such a there's such a sort of impulse to talk down to kids, but you don't need to. They will like, no. even if they don't, you know, even if they're not 100% getting it they get it obviously like it's a gray day paddington's not there like that's all they need to know you know yeah so i just think yeah just such a fun brilliantly directed movie all of that's on point and then the other person who's on point is hugh grant oh boys one thing that i love about horror movies and i know mm. it's weird to be talking about horror movies okay. but yeah. one thing i love about horror movies is every now and again a horror movie comes along where there is an actor in it and maybe they're a prestige actor or maybe they're a character mm. actor or whoever they are and they come in and they have the greatest time of their lives. I'm sure. thinking yeah, I'm thinking yeah. Kurt in the thing. I'm I'm thinking Bill Skarsgård in bloody it. He's having a ball in those movies, it's, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then you get Hugh Grant rolling into Paddington 2 and being like like he hasn't he didn't do movies for ages. Like he hadn't done a movie for a really long time, right? And he only did yeah, like yeah. he doesn't he made so much money and became so famous when he was doing all his I'm a British lout will you love me kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he kind of just doesn't do stuff unless unless he really wants to. He rolls into Paddington 2 and he plays maybe the best character in cinema history. <laughs> He's up there. <laughs> Even like his opening line, I was like, I'm so ready. I was so ready and watching for it. His opening line is, I'm like, oh, I'm at my worst tonight. I really am. I'm tickled shrimp. And you're like, oh, I already know exactly who this fucking character is. Yeah. And he delivers it with just like, clearly like his character is smiling, but you can see Hugh Grant's smile behind the, the yes. character smile. Yes. You know what I mean? Like he is just so having the greatest of times right from the bat. It's, it's even that scene uh, where... Every time he goes back to his lair and he's mm. talking to himself as all of yes. the characters in his one man show, and you're just like, you're having a good time, aren't you, Hugh? Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's, oh, it's it's powerful. It's powerful. Well, I made a note of that as well. The way he talks to his characters, one, it's just like so fun to see Hugh Grant let rip, and then again, craft brain kicked in. You're like. No, he is dumping exposition on us. Oh, he yeah. has no one else to talk to. Literally explains the whole backstory for this thing. We even have the, I got it, grandfather. He quickly says to his photo of the grandfather, done. We're done with that. We don't need this whole big elaborate, oh, my God, he's the grandson. Like, again, it just moves past these plot points so quickly and so yep. in such a way that trusts its audience. But then, yeah, we're having such fun watching Hugh Grant chomping scenery, playing multiple different characters. The lunacy that he talks to the characters he himself is portraying is so dumb and funny. Yep. And then you're like, oh, hold on. No, they just pulled a fucking truck of exposition back and dumped it on top of us, and we didn't even notice. Nope. Like, just incredible. He's, I love yeah. how much he can't even help himself. Like when he's in court and they show the picture of the of the burglar, and he's just <laughs> yes. like, hmm, hmm, "Charming devil, isn't he?" Yeah, <laughs> he just he's can't like help those himself. Stunning eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but even and even at the end when he's after he's done his performance and he's like, "All I needed was a captive audience," and they all laugh. He's like, "Oh, I'm the worst. Take me away." Oh, you already have. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I could watch multiple movies about that character. Yeah. I think it's such a terrific character, so well portrayed. I think he definitely works like he could be like a Benoit Blanc, where he's like the central character without being the character. Like he he could be his own Paddington, really. And that's something actually I thought about it on this watch. Is at the end he's kind of doing for the prison what Paddington was doing, but Paddington's left the prison now. It could go back to its pre-Paddington days. Except they've actually got him in there to give it that color again and give them a, a purpose outside of just serving their time. And so like to think you've taken this crazy villain and turned him basically like 
granted, he's not as wholesome and wholehearted as Paddington, but he's at least helping these people put on a big performance and see a different side to themselves that they never would have seen without him. Yeah, I'd be very tempted to bring him back in the third movie in like a Hannibal Lecter way where Paddington goes to the prison to get advice or something. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, that would oh be so God. good. Yeah. yeah, that would be a delight. Especially if he was like playing ha- like a Hannibal character, like mm. just pl- ch- like hamming it up and then taking off a disguise. Ah, oh. incredible <laughs> stuff. So good. Put him behind glass, give him a mask. I don't know if you guys know, but that I don't know when the movie's coming out, but the title mm. is confirmed. Have you heard the title for Paddington 3? I have, yeah. yes. Paddington in Peru. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I did hear that. I yeah, don't yeah. want to be negative. I cannot mm. fathom how it could possibly be better than the second one. I'm worried by it being in Peru, to be perfectly honest. Like, London is a character in these movies, and removing that feels like you're removing a fairly big chunk of what works about this, to me. Yeah. I'm obviously more than willing to, and, to give it its best. But, and, of course, yeah. Paul King's not directing as well, so that's another tick against it. I think but he hey. was involved with the story. Was yeah, ho- hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, because yeah. he's got the magic touch, it seems. Yeah, um, yeah. Just on, from one hue to the other, because when Tom messaged me the other night and said, mm. I can't remember what he said, Tom, you're watching... The greatest Hugh in the, the world, Hugh or something. In Hollywood. And I right. said, well, Hugh Bonneville. And he went, Oh, fuck, I forgot about him. There's, there's two Hughes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's his old nickname from when he's younger when they show the flashbacks? Bullseye Brown. Bullseye. <laughs> Bullseye Brown. <laughs> so that, good. That sequence of him. As a younger man, I'm no longer Bullseye Brown, and he throws one coconut and it hits three, one ball and it hits three coconuts. Yeah, I love the flashback. Anytime they flashback to um to Mr. Brown Mm. in his youth when he's a hippie, yeah, it's just so incredible. Such a joy, yeah. And again, this is why this movie works. It has those little moments that just stand out. Like again, I think a weaker movie wouldn't worry about that, but it has these little beats where it's just like that's just there for the joy of it. I mean, well, I guess it also does set up the the end point. But even like all Paddington's, like the episodes of Paddington. And the stories that were Paddington of like that him getting a job, messing it up in his traditionally Paddington way. I love that this movie still inserts those and weaves it into the story. Like we've obviously got him in the barbers, we've got him doing the windows, and we've also got him making the marmalade in front of Knuckles. And like they all service the story, but they're all also these little self-contained little set pieces. Yeah. Again, I think a weaker movie would just go, oh, we've got to have that. All right, uh, fuck, Paddington's just doing something over here, whatever it is, and boom, 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 great case. Instead, it's like, oh, great, we can do that because this scene requires that. So let's put it in. Yeah, and a lesser movie wouldn't invest so heavily in the Brown family as well. Mm. Yes. So, you know, you've got Mrs. Brown, who's an artist. So that comes into play later when she can see all the sketches and she can identify that Hugh Grant is the bad guy. Yeah. And also she's the swimmer so she can swim down to try and save Paddington later you've got uh, Mr. Brown who feels he's reached the end of his line at work he's feeling uninspired yeah, and then you know, the whole process. bullseye thing comes back in later because he hits Hugh Grant with the thing Yeah, um, you know, the son is obsessed with trains but he wants to be cool so he's hiding that and then the main set piece is set on a train and he's got to mm. sort of take over everyone yeah. sort of gets their own little thing to do yeah exactly and we mentioned Knuckles we've got to talk about Brendan Gleeson yeah. who is Fucking incredible. <laughs> so good. Oh my Brendan God. Gleeson needs to be allowed to just have fun in yes, movies yeah. more because he's got such a wicked little childlike oh, quality that's just beautiful. The, the beat in the movie that is absolutely fucking beautiful is when they make the marmalade sandwiches mm. and Paddington comes back into the kitchen and he's, and he's so all nervous. nervous. Yeah. And he's like, you're right. He's like, <laughs> oh, they hate it, don't they? My, my, my dad was right. He starts throwing shit. <laughs> <laughs> just chucks a full tantrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. so beautiful. And even like the 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 angelic way when he eats the marmalade, and we hear the sort of oh, the choir. But then <laughs> yeah. he he goes, "What is this?" And, and Paddington tells me, he "Goes 
marmalade the way he says marmalade <laughs> is like i don't even know where that delivery came from but it's just so so out of nowhere for everything we've seen about this character but it's just like oh it's gorgeous yeah. and he keeps doing it like when he wakes him up and he goes it's time to make yeah every marmalade? time he says it yeah <laughs> yeah it's fantastic it's and yeah i love how paddington you know they ask for who who knows recipes and then they're all bringing that's their own so thing good to the kitchen oh, and i love that's it beautiful i love it's it it's really oh, lovely. the, the, the yeah. raspberry panna cotta with a pomegranate glaze yes. best big yeah. fan of that <laughs> love that that love that even the worst like in another film that guy would get a comeuppance but in this film it's like no no, no. Yep. he gets a chance too yeah because the whole the whole message of the film is it's Aunt Lucy's entire philosophy mm. if you are kind to people you will be get kindness back and that's yeah. the whole you know that's yep. the whole thing yeah you know even even yep. Phoenix you're kind Buchanan, and polite all yeah, will be yeah. right exactly even Phoenix Buchanan who is a piece of shit gets punished but his punishment is still well he's treated nicely mm. so then he gets to sing Rain on the Roof and he finally gets the audience <laughs> he has always wanted uh. I even love the prison warden so when Paddington gets there and he goes oh Mrs. Brown normally reads me a bedtime story and he goes there's no bedtime stories here and then later he's yes, reading a fucking yes, bedtime oh story over the loudspeaker yes. oh, it's <laughs> so lovely yeah oh, Knuckles with yeah. a capital N oh god he's such a good character and, it, like, li- and literally like the arc that character goes on you you buy into it in the sense that you're like yeah I'm Yes, it's sort of a bit cartoonish and over the top, but also I am still feeling things. It's doing what it needs to be doing because it's eliciting the emotion from me. Um, I just wanted to jump back to something you said before, Sean, about how it sort of sets up all the Browns' wants and all that sort of stuff. I think the setups for this is like, oh, I made a note about that as well. And like those setups are so on point. They happen so quickly within like one or two scenes of each other. They give every family member, yeah, something they want, something to prove or a skill that will, that will prove la- uh, useful later on. Like so very quickly. And then I also wanted to just quickly talk about Paddington's want in this movie. So, like, for storytelling purposes, when we talk about a want, it's usually an external thing that our character wants to get um, or win at or whatever it is that is basically pushing the plot. It's what's pushing the plot. Not the character arc, it's pushing just the actual action of what we're seeing. And I love it because for this is just a perfect example where I, when I explain this to my students, I'm always like, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be their kidnapped brother or anything like that. It can be they just want a cup of tea and that's the that's what's the thing that they want and that's what's servicing the story. And so for this, he just wants to get a present for his auntie. Like, that's it. That's all he wants. And I love that that's yeah. the, sim- the simplicity of that one is so perfect for this thing and that is always what's pushing the plot forward. Obviously, eventually, yeah, they've got to prove him innocent, but all of it has come from this initial want of, of him just wanting to get her a present. And I just thought, that's fucking great. If this if this movie can be so good, have such a high thing on Rotten Tomatoes, it just shows that, yeah, you can have a really simple want and keep that plot quite contained. As long as it's the right plot for the character, that, that's all it needs. Yeah. And it bucks the trend, I think, of any Hollywood mm. movie where, like, the sequel, oh, we've got to go bigger, we've yeah. got to go better. Like, even if you look at the first one, his want is, I want to go and find a family. Right. And so this is even... By comparison to that, is even smaller than that. Yes, they've gone yeah. more, yeah. more small, That's and like true. it's, it just works. It's, it's even, it's even less than the popping book. It's he wants to thank Aunt Lucy for being his family. Like that's yeah, at yeah. its broader stroke. That's all he wants to do is he wants her to be proud of him because she did so much for him. She sacrificed so much mm. for him. I just yeah. want her to be, you know, happy. Yeah. yeah. She she in in essence she gave me the thing that she always wanted. Yes. And like that that's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, that it really is. Well, let's quickly ask our chaser questions. I'm sure we can just smash through these, but did it help calm our cowardly hearts? Hundred percent. Oh, of course. Boy sounding, yeah. yes. If if I knew that at the end of it, there was Paddington too. I could body a year of fear every year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, well, boys, I'm not even scared of movies anymore. We could cancel the whole podcast. <laughs> 30 seconds of courage for Tom here. <laughs> so, yeah, big yes for that one. All right, question two, most powerful part. We've talked about a few big powerful parts. What would your guys be? Mine is the underwater bit. Like yeah, that's, yeah. For some reason, I don't really know why. It just speaks to me. It's just there is the beautiful hero of our story mm. and, in essence, his mother. Who is just who loves him, and it's it's the things Tom talked about before. It's just that silent communication. Yeah, I love any time a movie chooses to to do it through an emotion, through a look, rather than with words, and it's just the most powerful and beautiful moment of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, it, that is the most powerful, and, and as I said, the, that's the most powerful, and, and the ending is the bit that gets me to cry every time. Mm. But I think my favorite sequence in the whole film is all the stuff in the prison, mm. the whole cooking montage, the making the marmalade, the working together, Brendan Gleeson slowly opening his angry fisted heart to this tiny little bear, yeah, and even just the yeah. beat when he does the hard stare to him, and Knuckles shits his pants, and it's just like, <laughs> what's happening? This is getting hot in it. Like, I love that. In terms of like most powerful too, one of my favorite jokes in the whole film is mm. when the Browns come to visit and he calls all these prisoner friends and all of the yeah. names of all of the prisoners. <laughs> but the best one, and I, I'm going to get it wrong, but I think it's like Sir Henry Jeffries or something, and he's a politician, right. so yeah. he just talks like a politician. <laughs> <laughs> I ask him oh, I a question. So much. I ask him a question. He says something like, "I can, I can't comment or deny that one." Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. So Just like, some so sort good. of politician answer. Yeah, Unreal, yeah but also yeah. in that beat too, Tom is like, um, "Mr. Brown turns the light off mm. and yes. then starts talking trash about them." And then, yeah, it's just funny. There's so there's such gags. Yeah, yeah. The, the visual shot of all of the them in the window, all the criminals popping in on the window in front, and you mm. can even kind of see that they're lit up. Like, yeah, that was just beautiful. It's to great. Watch. Uh, and. Th- that moment too, just quickly, just gives you that beautiful thing of like you see Mr. Brown, who's all risk averse essentially, yeah. and kind of like, oh, I don't trust these guys, and Mrs. Brown is like just so thrilled that he's oh, making friends. And yes, like, what, what are you doing? After. I'm saying hello to Paddington's friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I have to agree. There, there was one point I wanted to talk about. Um, it's just like it's just so perfectly Paddington. It's probably not the most powerful part, but it was just like again, I think, man, to think to write that line at that point. So it's literally his first day in prison. Wakes up. The thing's going, the doors are opening, and he's like, all right. And he says to himself, here goes Paddington, manners. And that's like that's where his head's at in that moment. And yeah. I just think, oh, my God, that's why I love this fucking bear so much, is that he's like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to have some good manners today. <laughs> just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, they just know their character. Um, all right, our last question is our always question, which is how would we have done in this situation? Uh, what if we end up in prison uh, for stealing a popping book? <laughs> Dead. Yeah, I don't know. Where, are we Paddington or we... If Paddington is like still on the scene, we're fine because he's Paddington. I think, yeah. Are we in prison? Like, am I Knuckles? Yeah. And, uh, Sean, are, are you Knuckles? <laughs> yeah, gee, geez, I wonder out of the three of us, yeah. which is the angry man with a heart of gold? You basically based your life on the character of Knuckles McGinty. <laughs> I should sue them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I know what I'm in prison for. I'm in prison because I've started a fight with anybody who's rude to Sally Hawkins. I've gone to prison for beating up the director of Godzilla, King of Monsters. <laughs> I've found him and I've beat the shit. I've, I've gone to prison for beating him up and I've gone to prison for beating up the guy who got, who stopped Paddington 2 from having 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, I guess if how would we do... I mean, if we're the prisoners, hopefully we do exactly what they do, which is get swept up in the magic of Paddington and just... Yeah, uh, 
And then yeah. we wouldn't leave him. We would stick with him and see the oh, missions. Oh, yeah, we, we wouldn't him. leave. Oh, yeah. 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 I wouldn't have the heart to leave him, to be honest. Yeah, I'd be like, can we be part of your family, please? That's yeah. our goal. <laughs> yeah. I'd ask if we could be adopted by the Browns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to get closer to Sally Hawkins over there. Yeah. Tom, I see what you're getting. That, yeah. that is correct. Yeah. That's yeah. Cr- he gives you a hard Loveless. stare and tells you to back off. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think he would. I'd be respectful. I also yeah. respect Hugh Bonneville. I yeah. get it. Well, mm. look, you've got to go up against Bullseye Brown. I don't know, Tom. I don't know if you're up to the task, mate. Sally Hawkins is a cheating on her husband for me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah look we'll do fine we've got power. like this one is a beauty this is a beautiful one to answer because it's not like every other movie we talk about where it's like i don't know we'll probably die this one is like whatever happens we're fine we've got paddington there he's gonna make everything okay yeah i just want to acknowledge like obviously we'll, this is our chase and we're watching it after a year of fear once i clicked on this movie and i was like having such a good time i was like literally so offered with this podcast we pop on a movie and it's do you know, like so much dread leading up to it, so much like nervousness while I'm watching it, like, oh, how, how am I going to body this? This one was like, oh, this is just, I'm so happy I have to do this homework right now, sort of thing. <laughs> like, I was just like so gleeful. Yeah. So, yeah, a beautiful way to end the year of fear. It's, it's, a, it's a magical way to end. And it, it just telling that story then, Damo, reminded me as I was explaining the concept of this show to someone I work with, <laughs> and they were just like, but you could just stop at any time. And I was like, yeah, we could, yeah. but we won't. No. Now, we have made a very weird mission, a pact, and we're sticking to it, goddammit. Mm-hmm. That's what Paddington would do. <laughs> Correct. Well, that's all the talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And if you want to tell us any Chase movies that you reckon we should watch, or you'd just like to say hi, you can email us at 3 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Boys or individually, I'm at Mid-Day Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. And I'm at Awkward Trade. Merry Christmas, everyone. There's just a crime scene with marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.